Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Yeah, I mean, I was scared that like this guy was just going to show up at my house looking for my sister and so on one of the things I did right away was like go and buy a firearm. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Corazon Chronicles. I'm Janice. And I'm Ray. What's up, guys? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. If you are a returning subscriber and if you're brand new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a new episode. Get that. So before we hop into today's conversation, want to remind you that our partner and sponsor, BetterHelp.com, is here to help you get some therapy, y'all, because let me tell you, relationships are a little complicated, and sometimes we just need extra support. So if you want to get 10% off your first month, all you have to do is use our code CORAZON to get 10% off, or you can go to BetterHelp.com slash CORAZON. We got all the info right here. Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be a, a pivotal month for that as well, too, because we're, we're coming into, a, well, we're already into Domestic Violence Month, so... A lot of people are going to need to, you know, reach out and at least have somebody to talk to. It's a great platform for that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you didn't know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. You might see people wearing the color purple. Uh, folks are going to be bringing attention to all different types of uh, domestic violence because there's a lot of different ways that that can present itself. And so we're going to have a conversation today that hopefully can give you a little bit of insight um, to see if, like, maybe you are experiencing some form of abuse and you're not even sure about it. So uh, I'm excited about this conversation because I feel like it's a topic that really needs attention and it's one of those things that I think when people are experiencing it there's a lot of shame around it right yeah. there's a lot of like yeah. I don't even want to tell people that I'm going through this and so hopefully uh, you know by us having this conversation we'll invite you to start to reflect on your own life and also maybe you know offer support to folks in your circle who are potentially going through this as well yeah exactly and um, I've got a uh, two diagrams that we're going to show for you guys and one is going to be about the examples of possible you know different types of domestic abuse and then the other one is another uh, it's another wheel but it shows a healthy relationship and and you know the different types of um, sections of what that looks like as well too so we're I guess we're going to kind of go over a little bit of our own personal stories with friends or <coughs> our own personal stories of things that we've heard with some domestic 
yeah. situations, and some of them are pretty crazy. I'm sure people out yeah. there have crazy stories as well, too. So what, um, what, what comes to your mind? Like, whenever you hear the words domestic abuse or domestic violence, I mean, everybody has, like, a situation that, that replays in their mind yeah. or somebody that comes up. So what, what is that for you? Yeah, I think back to, um, you know, stories that I've heard of my own family, like, you know, grandmothers who've gone through abuse or, you know, family members, whether that's cousins or aunts. Unfortunately, it's very common, you know, in a lot of cultures for women to be physically abused by men. And so I've definitely heard those stories um, from my own family. Um, My sister, who also has a podcast, Leanne, um, talks about her experience. Watch Us Thrive. You can subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Yep, she's great. Yeah, so domestic violence has definitely touched my life very personally, especially with my sister. Uh, I remember that night that I received a phone call at 3 a.m. that, you know, this guy tried to kill me and the cops are here and I don't know what to do. Wow. You know, and I went into fixer mode, into big sister mode, and I said, all right, well, we got to get the, you the hell out of this situation ASAP. So I ended up booking her a flight back home and I'm like, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that I had resources in order to be able to provide her support because oftentimes, People who are going through domestic violence situations find themselves trapped in relationships, whether it's because of financial support, whether it's just because they don't have family support because that person has isolated them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're going through this or you know that somebody's going through this, I think the best thing that you can do is either reach out for support if you are personally experiencing this and obviously do it in a way that you can stay safe. Right. Um, And if you know somebody who's going through this, providing them with that listening ear uh, potentially giving them support, whether it's you know referring them to a hotline that they can call or a local organization that can support them, or even potentially calling the police. Obviously, you know there's every situation is different, and you have to make sure that you know you're protecting yourself as much as possible. But I think bringing this to light is the ultimate solution, right? When people stop feeling shame about it, mm-hmm. um, that's when things can start to change. So, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. And also, I, would, I just wanted to touch on the being there for somebody as well. <clears throat> um, you have to really navigate those waters pretty pretty carefully because not everybody is in a, in a position where, that, like Jenny said, where they can walk away or that they can even say anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's to stir the pot or shake up the, the whole situation. It could be, could be life or death for some people for real. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think just always put them first, you know, no matter no matter what you see going on. I know it can be tough sometimes, you know, you see somebody with bruises or something and it's easy to be like, just come stay at my house and, you know, we'll call the cops and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times these guys, you know, or the, the person who's doing the abuse, a lot of times, you know, it's a slap on the wrist in a sense. You know, they get the, they go to jail, they come back out in a day or two or whatever. Um, you know, a lot of times they don't have to really do too much other than like there's like a no contact or something right and that doesn't really save you because if if someone's pushed to the to the limit enough and and you've you know sent that person to jail now you're going to be responsible for that i think that you dealt with a little bit of like security um concerns whenever you went through this whole situation with leanne yeah i mean i was scared that like this guy was just going to show up at my house looking for my sister and so on one of the things i did right away was like go and buy a firearm Mm -hmm. because you know living here in the state of florida it's much easier to get one and i was just like 
I'm not going to be able to sleep at night unless I know I can like potentially defend myself. God forbid, you know, I, I it's like one of those things you never want to have to use, yeah. but you're very grateful if you do have to use it, that you actually have one in your house. And so I'm actually a bit big advocate of women, like getting comfortable using guns, yeah. um, self-defense classes, like you got to be ready to kick some ass because you might be the only person that can save yourself. And you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I, the the self defense classes and stuff, you know, the jujitsu, all that stuff. That's that's all great, it's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, I would I would allocate my time and resources to any type of defense for it to be some type of home defense or some type of like you know, concealed and carry. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm six to 190 pounds, 195 pounds almost. Hey guys, too much <laughs> too much rice and pineal on this side. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I'm 6'2", 195 pounds, and I mean, if I'm intoxicated or if I'm, if I'm running off of some type of crazy adrenaline or something, I could imagine that it's like, there's not much, right? You know, especially if, if as a man, if I know what I'm doing, yeah. right? If I have certain techniques and a certain wrestling skill set or something, it's just not going to, it's just not good, you know? I, and so I think about it myself being a man and I don't want to, I don't want to take anything to fist and cuffs anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just, you know, use my self-defense if that's what I have to do. I really would like to just show it and be like, look, you know, you don't want none of this smoke really, but it's like, I just don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have to end your life over this. Like whatever you're doing right now, it, it's not going to be worth your life. It's not me. It's not worth me having to fight some manslaughter charge or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. You know, one of the things that I was shocked by watching the legal proceedings for my sister was like, they categorize domestic battery and abuse differently than if you were to like attack a stranger. Yeah. It's actually less, you have less penalties, like abusing somebody that you live with or domestic partner than you would like attacking a rando on the street. And I was very upset about that just because I feel like the sentence that her abuser got was drastically less than it would have been if it was just like a random assault charge on a stranger. So the legal system is all fucked up too in all types of ways. I feel like maybe they do that too because it's like you have some type of rapport, some type of history, you know the person. So I guess from a society standpoint, it's not like this person just randomly went out and decided to fuck this person up Mm -hmm. because that's a sociopath in society. Like that's someone we can't, we can't trust to be out in the public because he's just going to wake up one day and he's just going to want to go like chew somebody's face off. So I guess that would be the only logical reasoning for that. The relationship existing and that there could be like like aggravating factors because there could have been like, you know, just a lot of shit that builds up to it. I mean, think about it. Like the cops that are doing the arresting, the, the, the state attorneys, the judge, everybody who's involved all across the board, everybody's been in relationships. Everybody's been there. They've seen it. Mm -hmm. They've done it themselves. There there might be people out here making these arrests and stuff that are at home beating the fuck out of their wives. Oh yeah. I've seen that too. It's like, even like the, ones you least suspect you know the 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 football coach is putting hands on his wife or Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is yeah my mom has a friend who's married to an ex-police officer and he's absolutely physically abusive and it's just one of those situations that we're just like right we're just waiting for her to figure that out and and that's a a sketchy situation too because the guy's like a retired cop yeah he has access to guns freaking the fuck out all the time i mean he could do you know (sighs) the whole murder suicide thing is wild too yeah it is crazy um so yeah for my personal thing i grew up you actually you grew up without seeing any domestic violence no not in my house just just, i just heard stories about it with other like family members right same so i i was the same way my dad and his wife they never they never 
fought or anything, if there was any arguments, it was always handled in the room and not like in a bad, like there's thumping and shit in the room, but it was like, they would go in there and they would like sit on the bed and they would just, they would talk it out. You mm -hmm. know, I remember like being a little kid and sometimes only a couple times, but a, a couple of times I came in there and I saw like her crying and you know, they were just kind of sitting there working through some shit out. He's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll be out there in a second, buddy. But um, and then same thing when I, you know, with my mom and stuff, she never really chose a, a piece of shit guy. Um, and I never, I never really saw any type of domestic violence, but my, um, cousin, my married cousins, my cousins on my stepmom's side, I guess their her sister and her husband, my, my stepmom's sister and her husband aunt and uncle, I guess they were, they were, there was domestic violence going on there. Not too much when I was there because, you know, I was the cousin and whatever, so I, I, I was an extra set of eyes, but I talked to my cousins that stayed there and stuff, and there was crazy shit going on. I mean, they had a kitten one time, and Ted was his name. He he would just go off the rails. He smoked cigarettes all the time, and, you know, just uh, one of those guys, mm. I guess, you know. He's but Not he in would, control of his emotions. Yeah, he would call the kids, like, dumbass and butthead, but, like, playing, but not really. Mm. I remember my dad saying, uh, asking me one time, he's like, does he address you like his dumbass and shit like that? And I'm like, no, nah, he doesn't do any of that. Like, mm. because he really didn't, you know, but I, I noticed with his kids, that's, he was just kind of derogatory Gosh. like that. But like, you know, it was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's cringy as fuck. As a kid, I thought it was like, it was kind of funny as like a joke. Like he was trying to be funny, but looking back on it now, I guess it is fucked. Yeah. But um, they had a kitten one time and, and, all of a sudden, a few weeks gone by, and we went over there, like we usually do, and the, the kitten wasn't there, you know, and like some story about it ran away or whatever. Well, I'm talking to my oldest cousin, who's a year younger than me, and she's, like, all crying and upset and shit, and he fucking, the cat is a kitten, right? I guess it, like, shit on the carpet or something, and Ted picked up the cat and slung him across the house, and he hit his head on the doorknob, and then he was, like fucked up for like two or three days and then finally like they came home from school and I guess Ted had gotten rid of the cat. Oh my god. And so, and I would never make up a story like that and we were maybe 11 or 12 at the time so I believe that shit 100%. Wow. Because I had seen Ted like yell and stuff a few times but the to throw the, yeah you know, and like people like that too that, you know. That's how it starts too. Yeah, a huge red flag with anybody is if, if they can, if they can put their hands on animals, yeah. which is a huge red flag. Like that's bully 101. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's a huge thing. So I guess we should go over as we go certain red flags that you need to look for with these yeah. people, because if, if people don't have any remorse or sympathy or, you know, anything like that with animals or yeah. kids, then it's, you know, you're not going to really, you know, and then I feel like these people hide behind the whole, I do this because I love you. Yeah, like, that's I love you crazy. so much. And that's just why I get so passionate that I could just fucking put my hands around your neck because I just love you that much. You know, my sister's ex told her like while he was on the run for a couple hours before the police got him, he was texting her and calling her talking about, I'm so sorry. I was just role playing. No, she got fucked up, right? I mean, uh, yeah, he was trying to choke her, like, oh, I, but trying to cut like, her with a knife, like the whole like, shit. Did she was she fucked? Yeah, physically? she had physically. She had she has a bunch of pictures on it on her Instagram of what happened. Okay. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, sir, that's, that, right. that's, that's where right. you went. Like, that was your attempt <laughs> to fucking it's squash not, this. It's not funny what she went through. It's just funny. His like the delusion, uh, yeah. you know, and just like the justification of shit in their minds. It's just like. You're really fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, it was insane. No. So given the fact that 
we never grew up around it, you know, and it was one of those things that we were, I guess, kind of taught against or whatever. Um, what do you, everybody always talks about domestic violence abusers and stuff, grew up, grew up seeing it and stuff like that. Now, I know it can be, there's the other percentage, right? You know, the people who grew up never seeing it can get there and do that. There's always, a number, there's always the first person to do it or the first person to stop doing it. What is, do you think it's like little kids who are seeing their mom throw stuff in the house and then dad's like fucking pinning her up in the kitchen mm. like, you shut the fuck up and like, she's over here like, I'm grabbing the fucking knife. I mean, it's back and forth. I've seen videos and yeah. stuff where like, I've seen videos and stuff where, you know, it, the mom, there's, there are no knives in the house anymore mm. and shit like that. It gets crazy. You know? What are yeah. your thoughts on like, what breeds a domestic violence abuser? Honestly, I feel like it's a choice. And I say that because my dad definitely saw physical abuse in his house okay. and he had the choice to decide, like, school, am I going to continue? Old school Puerto Rican. Old school Puerto Rican, you know, um, a dad who's absent and when he shows up, he's drunk and belligerent and all that shit. And so, you know, I feel like it, at the end of the day, it's a choice. Yeah. If you want to continue to perpetuate that, that is actively a choice. I think the people who end up repeating that cycle end up using the whole, oh, well, it happened to me, so I didn't know any better as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Like, you know wrong is wrong, and you know right is right, and it's a, it's a fucking choice for me. Like, I will never accept the fact that it's like, okay, well, this happened to me, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it to the next person. Right. Like, I guess for some reason, the... It's personal responsibility. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's an excuse, right? For me, it is. Um, and so, what do you, what do you, what do you think that the cycles are like? Does it start? I guess common sense would say it starts with verbal abuse, right? Yeah, it starts absolutely. with like you know, because we talk about the honeymoon phase, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So it all comes down to that first trigger. Yeah. Okay, and I'm sure these people have crazy fucking triggers, right? I mean, because like if it, to put your hands on somebody, like for me. Anytime I've ever gotten into a fight as a kid or whatever, it's like if my face got touched mm -hmm. or like, you know, something like that. You felt your personal safety was threatened in some way. Right. So I wonder what, I guess it starts with the physical or, or the, sorry, it starts with the, the verbal abuse. Like I think it actually starts before verbal abuse. I think it starts with emotional abuse. Like how? Like things like lying and, you know, the um, emotion, the, you call it mental warfare. Yeah. You yeah. know, when people just start Jeez, seeing yeah. like how far they can get you. Uh, I think the basic form of abuse starts when somebody starts being deceptive with you. And I say that because I didn't realize that I was in an abusive relationship, right. you know, in my marriage because I wasn't being hit. Mm -hmm. And so there was this there was this thing of like in my head that, you know, it could be worse. You know, he could be doing some shit that like literally leaves physical marks on me. But, right. you know, things like lying and cheating and gaslighting and all that shit, that's all abuse. We just haven't really defined that way. And I think that's because so many people experience emotional abuse in relationships, maybe intentionally or not, that they don't even understand like what it actually is. So I think that mental warfare starts and then it gets more blatant with the verbal, like just literally calling you names and shit. Yeah. And then eventually it escalates to the physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like because I've gotten in arguments as well. My my ex was pretty toxic, and like when I first when I first heard her like cuss to me or like say I wasn't shit or something like that, and then I retaliated because I was like, I mean I've never really had anybody who gave a fuck about me talk to me crazy, you know. Even like 
even with my my stepmom growing up, like she would never really she would never cuss to me or tell me I was a piece of shit, like flat out. You yeah. know? So I was just like, wow. So then I retaliated with my mouth, right? And at this point, we're just low blows. We're just saying whatever the fuck we can say. And, you know, I'm saying what I think is gonna hurt and whatever. And it, it just is like after the whole thing is done and then you you're everybody makes up, whatever, but like you're you're still at least I was still just like I felt like it had gone, it had gotten out of control, mm-hmm. and I and I felt like we had already lost a lot of of what I liked about it, like yeah. the relationship in general. I just felt like the respect took, goes out the door. Yeah, I felt like a, like a like a landslide or like a glacier thing. I just felt like a huge chunk fall off mm-hmm. from my side of the relationship, and then like you know, obviously she's used to this growing up, whatever. So like that was in some fucked up weird way, like I said earlier about like how she showed her love was Mm. like, well, fuck, like, you know, as much as she can go South, she can go North Mm. too to try to make up for it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, she goes so deep into this whole hurt you, hurt you, hurt you. And then she goes totally opposite of the, of the fucking pendulum. And, but with the same magnitude too, you're like, what the fuck is going on? I definitely experienced the exact same shit, shit where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, what the fuck? Who we'd have this? that <laughs> same exact moment. I will never forget this one time that I was just like, yo, this is the universe telling me, bitch, this shit is <laughs> done. Okay. We got into some huge fight because again, I had suspicions about the cheating. Mm. I confronted him and he's like, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so fucking tired of you. Always accusing me. He takes off his wedding ring. Oh, I remember the story. Which was not made of gold. It was made of like um, some sort of metal because uh, he was allergic to a lot of shit. So it was like some titanium, whatever the fuck. I don't know. This guy was allergic to metal and still got married. <laughs> red flags, red flags. This guy's like, no, I'm going to get married. I don't care if God doesn't want me to get married. I'm getting married. So it takes off the ring and he throws it. And we had tile floors. So the ring cracks in half. But he just like slammed it on the floor. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Just in a fit of fucking rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The ring breaks in half, and part of it hits the glass patio door. So that whole fucking thing shatters. And I'm just sitting there like, the ring is literally fucking broken. Damn. Like, if that's not a sign. What, did like the whole door like fall and shit? No, oh, it was like, like that <laughs> glass of the windshield glass that yeah. just stayed there, mm-hmm. and it was like, wow. Um, yeah, I, this is fucking insane. So what did what did what was his reaction? Because I feel like oh he didn't someone... give a fuck. Oh, okay, he just had, stormed I, up and locked himself in his office. Had he done stuff like that before, like throwing shit in the house? Yeah, there was like holes in the wall from in our last house, and he punched a fucking hole in the wall. Oh, he would like through another the argument. Uh huh. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was just like I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. This is insane. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my buddy Ryan, he ended up a few months ago. I guess we'll take it back to January, but he he was getting out of a roommate situation. He was living with a toxic couple, and so he ends up moving into another couple situation. But they're a little older, and um, and then he he's he's there for like a month or something. And I'm like, hey man, how's it going with the whole situation? Because I was kind of friends with them as well too. Um, and he was like, bro, 
He's like, this is so fucking toxic. He's like, they're arguing literally every day. Jesus He's Christ. like, the door jam on the master bedroom door, like the whole door frame has been fucking uh, cracked and there's chunks of wood missing from it. The door doesn't even really function like it usually does. And mind you, she's got a, an 11-year-old, right? Mm. They have an 11-year-old and she's pregnant right now. So she had just gotten pregnant during this whole situation. So she's going through all this, and then they're arguing all the time. And I'm like, what are they arguing about? And he's like, bro, it's the dumbest shit. He's like, it's the smallest, dumbest little shit. And then he's like, 30 minutes later, they'll be fucking on the couch, like, you know, watching TV or something. I can't. Eating together and shit. I but like, But it's like a, I feel like it gets, gets into a cycle where you're like. You do. Hey, like, if, if things are going good for more than a couple of days, you, I feel like someone starts to get suspicious. And be <laughs> like, hey, I think that person's fucking hiding something or they're fucking gaslighting me yeah. and they're thinking that this is actually going good right now. I need to fucking shake the whole shit up. I need to wake up in a bad mood tomorrow. Yeah, it is the whole cycle. You know, it's you crazy. go through the, the bullshit and then they somebody does something to fix it and then you're in love for a couple of days and then you get back to the bullshit. <laughs> it's just like, love. you know, it's toxic. It's yeah. terrible. And it is actually a thing, like the cycle of abuse. Uh, I think we should go ahead and like put a diagram up here so y'all can see and then you know what the control wheel no this is like just literally the wheel you know circle of like um the escalation confrontation the withdrawal right you know the fucking resolution it just basically goes around and around and after a while you just start to cling to those moments of like when you are okay when Mm -hmm. things are good that that shit is what gets you through the next it's like the stages of grief yeah for your toxic relationship oh my god (laughs) and sometimes you have to just have that shit yanked out from under you through some external event in order to like get the fortitude to walk away and i know we both had that situation for us it was just like our hand was forced in a way that it's like my fucking life is literally like at risk at this point staying here and you know unfortunately it does take that sometimes because Love is blind, y'all. It is. And also, too, um, you know, I know a lot of domestic violence and domestic abuse comes from the stereotypical male versus male, male versus female. And then we all know that it's obviously not that, right? You know, we all know that that it could be the other side. So yes, I just want women that definitely abuse men. Yeah. And, you know, so you know, you hear people that are in fear for their life, right? Like, oh my God, I don't know if this person's going to hurt me and end my life. I feel like I need to go here or whatever, try to protect myself. There are people out here that will get people sent to jail, mm-hmm. okay? There are people out here that are walking around with criminal records or, you know, going through some type of situation. My buddy Rich is going through it right now as we speak. A girl that he was just a quick little fling with, um, shows up and whatever, long story short, he's trying to get her to leave the apartment. She won't leave. She locked herself in the end of the apartment. And next thing you know, whatever was said with the cops or whatever, he ended up going to jail for some yeah. type of domestic violence thing or whatever. I'm, I'm, I, I think he got it taken care of or whatever because she wasn't showing up or something. But he was like, I called the, he called the cops. He said, I called the cops to get this chick out of my apartment. Yeah. Even though, so I guess like she made a key or something, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And he's like, I called the cops on myself to get her out of my apartment. And whatever happened, whatever was said, you know, and unfortunately at 3 o'clock in the morning when the cops get called, somebody's going to go to jail. That's like a rule of thumb. We already know. It's just how it is. And that kind of goes back to why the court system's a little watered down with it. 
because you know the courts don't really know unless obviously if there's pictures of like mm -hmm. real injury and shit yeah. it is what it is but there's so many situations even watching cops and stuff like that where you know you show up and the woman or the other per the victim party quote unquote is is enraged they're yeah. freaking the fuck out they're there you can tell they're the one who's mad and then the other person is sitting here like you yeah. know, I just want to go, you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. whatever the case is. So I, I just always keep that in the back of your mind, too, that a lot of people are stuck in situations where they don't want to lose their freedom. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, people can flat out threaten and be like, I will yeah. I will call the cops and I'll have you taken to jail. That's like, so crazy that, like, you know, people weaponize the police. I think especially like seeing how shit can escalate, especially for men in our society and men of color. Yeah. You know, my my sister actually talked about that. You know, the first time that she experienced um, domestic violence with her ex-partner, one of her biggest concerns was calling the cops because mm. she's like, am I going to be the person to put another black man in jail? And then it's just like, fuck, you know, like there's so many societal things that we know play into these situations where it's just like, you know, do I want to be that person? Do right. I want to be that person that calls the police on a man knowing how shit can go, you know, especially if they're like the type of person that's under the influence of something. You don't right. know how they're going to react to the police. Right. So many things could go wrong. And then like in a weird fucked up way, you have to live with that on your conscience. So yeah. like if something does go wrong. And it's hard because you still love the person, even right. though, like, they're doing this shit. It's not like all of a sudden your feelings turn off because they're being abusive, no. you know? No, yeah. So it's just, it's just like a really fucked up, complicated array of emotions that you have to mm -hmm. experience. But, y'all, um, yeah, weaponizing the police against your partner is an actual fucking thing. It, yeah, it, it's it's a real thing. Um, you know, it, it really sucks to... to uh you know, to even think about some of these, some of these situations, you know, and, and then people end up going back, you know, because they're, they're stuck in, they're stuck in the apartment together. And, you know, it's, it, it's crazy to think about a, a big, strong individual, you know, um, can, can be a victim and be like held hostage in a sense in a, in, in, in a relationship, but, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be physical. So yeah. one thing, Speaking of Ryan, I guess Ryan's ears were burning. He, mm -hmm. he texted me, but all right. So I'm going to put up on the screen right now for you guys. This is called the power and control wheel. Okay. And then Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard, fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'll, I'll, I'll look, at it, look at it with you as well. But this is for physical and sexual violence, right? So basically, domestic abuse. And you guys can kind of read around there. But it says, I'll start with the top left. And it says, using 
um, coercion and threats. Okay, so making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt. It says her. I guess this is for, you know, men. Mm-hmm. But um, threatening to leave, threatening to do uh, suicide on yourself, mm. um, you know, forcing that person to do illegal things for you or or drop the charges if there are charges brought up. So that's using coercion and threats. Um, using intimidation, obviously, that's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. right? Um Using emotional abuse. So this is what we were kind of talking about a little um, earlier, but the, a few of the examples that it has here is putting putting that person down, mm. making them feel bad, calling them names, making them think that they're crazy, playing mind games, humiliating them, or making them feel guilty. Mm. Basically gaslighting. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a thing. Um, using isolation. Janice brought this up a couple of times, you know, cutting people off from their friends. So it's just controlling what they do, who, the, who, sh- who they see, who they talk to, um, controlling what they read, uh, where they go, um, limiting the outside involvement and using jealousy to justify your actions. Oh, God, that's the fucking worst. Right. Um, and then the other one here. Now we're at the bottom on the right. Uh, this is minimizing, denying and blaming. So making light of the abuse and not taking the concerns about it seriously, saying the abuse didn't happen, or shifting responsibility for the the, the behavior, saying that that person caused it. Mm. This is so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> this whole this whole wheel is. But toxic. it's crazy because I'm like, holy shit! I literally experienced all of these things. Right. Yeah. And we have three more to go. So uh, this one is using children. Uh, that's probably pretty self-explanatory for you guys out there, uh, making them feel guilty about the children, using the kids to relay messages, mm. threatening to take the kids away, um, using visit- visitation rights and stuff like that to kind of harass and yeah. make sure you're here at five o'clock and not five o five. I'll call the cops if you're late, that mm-hmm. type of bullshit. Um, using, this says using male privilege, so I guess we'll go with it. Um, but it says treating them like a servant, making all the big decisions, acting like the master of the castle, being the one to define men and women's roles. Oh. So I guess we'll leave that one there, you know, because you're not really going to have one man saying, I'm a man to another man. And yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm a man too. Yeah, this is this is in a hetero relationship, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the last and final one is using economic abuse. Ooh, and Janice yeah. has talked about this a lot as well too. Um, but it says preventing them from getting or keeping a job, making them ask for money, giving them an allowance, taking their money, and not letting them know about or have access to like family income. Mm. So that is that wheel right there. And do you have any thoughts on anything other than, you know? You know, I think a lot of people will potentially identify that they're experiencing these things and they don't even know it, you know? And I think one of the sinister things... You look really triggered right I, now. It's not triggered. It's just like there's so many people who are going through this, right? right? And one of the reasons why I even included a whole chapter about love and money in my upcoming book. Ooh, shout out to that. Is because financial abuse is occurring in 99% of abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like it is always going to be a thing. Ultimate control. Because it's control, right? It's hard to leave somebody when you are literally financially dependent on them. When you cannot afford to get your own place. When you don't have access to credit cards because they give you an allowance. When they have ruined your credit because they've maxed out your credit cards. Or, you know, everything's in joint bank accounts and so you can't even access any money without them knowing it. Um, So I think it's just like 
there's so many ways that this can present itself. And usually it's not just one thing that you're going through. It's right. like a multiple different aspects of it. But, you know, I think knowledge is power. So I'm so glad that you're talking about this. Yeah, it's, uh, that whole thing is crazy because, um, you know, I, I, I kept using they and them, you know, just just to keep it on an even even keel. But um, it, it, it's the whole thing is just wild. It's mind boggling. It sucks that people are going through stuff like that, you know, especially people that are so nice, like your sister. She's the sweetest, sweetest thing in yeah. the world. Right. You know, and and everybody has their moments. Everybody can be toxic. Everybody has their asshole. Right. I, I could be an asshole or whatever. But but your sister's so nice. Yeah, and even, like, nobody deserves to go through that, regardless, you know? It's just, like, at the end of the day, there's just people who are operating out here, like, as predators, seeing what they can take advantage of in people, and unfortunately, you know, those kind souls. And the people who have just the giving nature, and who not are gullible, but just, like, are very open emotionally, and just very trusting, um, you know, those are the folks that get targeted, unfortunately. I think... I think what would be cool, and this might be a little bit funny, but I think it would be interesting to see like a Netflix dating show where you get men and women or whatever, and then and then both sides are people who have done the domestic abi- the, the domestic violence. They have done the domestic abuse, whether it's they have charges to show for it or they have like you know, their own crazy ass story like Ronnie and Sammy from Mm -hmm. Jersey Shore Mm -hmm. and get, you know, 10 men, 10 women and get them all into a house and and see where that goes. You know, do they end up getting into a relationship with somebody and then like maybe they're they've learned from their mistakes and maybe Mm. that person has too or they do they get together and it's just crazy fucking fireworks. They better have some cops and some therapists and you know all that type of shit. That would be wild though right? I mean it should be like relationship rehab. That would be that would be it where it's like you have a self-admitted abuser man or woman who's just like look I've done this then you get with some wild ass chick that's like um, Jocelyn from fucking, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Yeah, crazy, crazy toxicity. Like, you don't know what's going to set her off. Yeah. You really don't. You know, it's like she doesn't even know what's going to set her off. So, anyways. I don't know if, if they can afford the insurance policy <laughs> that you would need to, like, have a show like that unless yeah. there is a strict commitment to rehabilitating these people, right? Because it's yeah. like one thing to put two, you know, cage fighters in the fucking ring and let's see how they go down but like yeah. are you actually capable of having a healthy relationship after you have a pattern of abuse i do think though that people can be rehabilitated but at the end of the day it has to come from an internal decision that like i no longer want to be this person right you know yeah and also too i think that some sometimes certain love is just toxic yeah you know, i think that you know two people that, can bring it out of each other yeah i think that it's just one of those things and i think that that kind of shows itself pretty early mm. um usually if there's substances involved in the relationship yeah. or alcohol or something like if you guys meet late night at a club or something and then every time you guys hang out it's like that and yeah you know and then you know it is what it is so yeah i think also if like both people are coming into a relationship with unresolved trauma that shit's gonna come out right Mm -hmm. like if if both of you are not committed to the personal development that we talk about and just like going to get therapy and figuring out your shit and understanding why you are the way that you are and you just use what's happened to you as the excuse at that point you are an active participant in your own demise right you know and it's all about accountability with these with these situations you know even if 
even if you are the abuser, you know, um, it just doesn't. It's doesn't a choice. Have, yeah, it doesn't have to be a, a bash parade on the abusers either. Um, you know, everybody has their own story. Everybody, you know, has a reason for why they do make the decisions that they make. Um, so at the end of the day, just because, you know, if you're somebody out there who has done something to somebody, um, you know, chances are you probably feel pretty shitty about that. You know, yeah. I don't know too many people who are proud of fucked up things like that that they've done so if you are somebody who's like that that's that has done something that's fucked up and it's like a skeleton in your closet or something you know um come to terms with that on your own you know it doesn't mean you have to go out and tell the whole world you know i understand but at the same time you don't need to carry the guilt with you if it's something you've moved on and and, and especially if it's if it means that much to you and you're fucked up about it that much you're you're not gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not gonna you're just not gonna allow yourself to get to that that point where you're just like, I don't even, you know, I can't yeah. even believe that person exists with inside me. So yeah, I think that's a good reminder, babe. That like just because you may have done something that you're not proud of in the past yeah. doesn't mean necessarily that's who you are. Right. It can just be that that part of you was brought out by somebody with specific characteristics, mm-hmm. and you know, moving forward. In a new relationship, you're just going to look out for some of that shit. So it's like, look, if, if they're emotionally unstable, if they abuse drugs or an alcohol, if they're just like not right in the head in some way, shape or form, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see that shit and I'm going to see, you know what? I'm happy for you that that's the way you exist in the world, but I'm not compatible with that. Mm -hmm. I hope you find something that works for you because it's not me. Yep. And take accountability first and foremost, you know, it is what it is. Own that shit. You did what you did. You were there and, and, and try to lick your wounds and move past it, you know, but don't, don't hide behind. Don't take what Janice is saying and hide behind that as like, well, I, you know what? You're right. I I shouldn't feel that bad about it because you know, if, if they didn't do that and then you're right, it wasn't me. It was them in some weird fucking non-accountable, not accountable way. Yeah. Take that shit. You did it. You were there. Yeah. Now I want to show, I'm going to put another pie graph thing up on the, uh, and this is the last one, guys. I know. Sorry for the uh, school session here. I'm here for this. <laughs> we're here. It's a mixture of entertainment and education. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So this one is called nonviolence. And then in the center of this one, I don't think in the last one, Oh, yeah. So the last one, the center of the pie was power and control. This one is the center of it is equality. So this is going to be everything that you're going to want to look for or the things that you're going to want to do if, you know. You want a healthy relationship. Yes. Especially some of you people out there that have done some fucked up shit or something. Just listen to these things and just see if you have it in you, Mm. right? If it even makes sense. But we're going to start on the top left like we did the last one. And this one starts with negotiation and fairness. So seeking mutually uh, satisfying resolutions to conflict, accepting change, and being willing to compromise. Mm, that's one of my favorite parts about you. It's very sexy how mm. willing you are to compromise and negotiate. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Um, all right. And then the next one to the right is going to be non-threatening behavior, talking and acting so that she feels safe and comfortable expressing herself and doing things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like it's what we talked about in the last episode where, you know, I was going through separation anxiety and you're not trying to like make me feel dumb about it. You're actually creating an environment that's super safe and you're just like, babe, if you feel like that, just talk to me about it and we're going to walk, you know, we'll get through it. Yes. Um, And number three is respect. Obviously, that's going to be self-explanatory, but listening to... Listening to her non-judgmentally, being emotionally affirming and understanding and then valuing the other person's opinions, you know? Mm. I mean, it's one thing to just 
you know, um, to be like a talking point and just like listen to somebody. But if you really care, then, you know, you should really at least try to put yourself in their situation and, mm -hmm. and try to see what they're what they're getting at. Um, trust and support, supporting goals in life, respecting their right to their own feelings, respecting their friends, activities and opinions. This goes against the, uh, the isolation thing. Now, I don't know if these, if these graphs are like one and one for each other, if you were to like set them next to each other, if these are like the direct combatants of the ones on the toxic one, but okay, so that was trust and support. On the bottom, it's honesty and accountability. So what we were just talking about, right? Accepting responsibility for yourself, acknowledging past use of violence, mm. and then admitting being wrong, communicating open, openly and truthfully. So it is what it is. You know, everybody's got a blemish, right? Um, responsible parenting. This is for all you parents out there, right, who are doing the co-parenting or whatever, but it says sharing parent, uh, parental responsibilities, being a positive, nonviolent role model for the children. I think that anybody who's in a, a leadership role, like a parent, obviously we're not parents, but, you know, growing up and idolizing my dad, you know, there was all these things were there, mm -hmm. you know, so it was like, I, I, I idolized my dad so much that if I did see him treat women a certain way or they were servants or they were less, um, then I, I would probably be like that too. You mean, would have internalized that as what it should be. Yeah, I would yeah. want a wife that's like obedient and mm. shit, you know, and some people like that. It is what it is, but my dad was always a hippie, so. <laughs> we had like literally family meetings at the dinner table, so. Your dad was definitely ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he smoked a little weed too. <laughs> That might have helped. It opened up his mind. Late nights in the garage. <laughs> All right. So um, the next one is shared responsibility. So mutually agreeing on a fair dis distribution of work and then making family decisions together. I mm -hmm. think that one's huge, too, because it can get, you know, you can start to feel like some of the house chores are, are there's more of a load. And I could understand where certain things might not really feel fair. Yeah. So if you're starting to feel like shit's not fair or you're starting to feel like you're outputting more than the other person, just bring it up. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you're bitching and complaining, you know, especially if you have like real proof or, or like real examples of it. Like, Hey, you used to do this a lot. And then I spent like a week and a half or two weeks. You haven't taken the fucking trash. Why yeah. don't you take the trash? Mm. Okay. So yeah. economic partnership. This is the last one. Making money decisions together. This is Janice's um, helm right here, right? <laughs> and then making sure both partners benefit from financial arrangements. So, uh, and I think that in there is going to have to be the financial accountability too. Because yeah. sometimes you need your partner to just, you know, keep tabs on you a little bit. You know, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, the first wheel you're talking about is literally just a person ex exerting their power and control over somebody right. in a lot of negative ways. And this sounds like what you said, equality. It sounds like you're committed to a partnership that is safe, that there's communication, there's trust, respect. Um, and, and who doesn't want that? So I'm glad we got those two perspectives. Yeah, that was something when I ran across that. It was something I really wanted to show on the to to the viewers, and then it, it like you said, it worked out perfect. That this is the first episode for October. Yeah. Um, and then I was just thinking about those two wheels, and I I would say, you know, if I was a toxic individual, or I craved, or I came from a situation where I was just so used to some type of level of toxicity, that second wheel, I'm not gonna lie, it sounds kind of fucking boring. It, it, it sounds kind of bland. It sounds very starchy, right? It's like, 
it sounds very kumbaya, where it's like, okay, everybody's having ultimate open communication. <laughs> and, like, everything's great. And, like, it's hippity and everybody, You're doing the bathroom this week, and I'm doing the bathroom next week. And I, I don't know. It just, I could understand from cer- certain people's <coughs> Latinas. <laughs> um, Shut up. <laughs> I could understand that some people would, would want a little excitement. But, but excitement would, does not have to equal toxicity. Right. I would say that the excitement would come from maybe staycations or vacations or fun, sexy lingerie and things. Sexy lingerie could be a thing. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there could be, I wonder if there's a healthy level of toxicity. Is that a thing? No, like, I guess, there's not. I guess it's excitement is what I'm getting at, right? That the second wheel seems very boring. The first wheel is exciting, but in a bad way, because there's always something happening. Yeah. But, and I think that's important to like... Figure out in yourself if you're just so addicted to the chaos that you're interpreting that as passion. Yeah. Because I think there are some people out here who just like they feed off of that chaos, right? The whole idea of like makeup sex or like rage fucking, you know, (laughs) that's like a thing for some people. And I'm just like, I am way more turned on when I have a partner who is like respectful and who creates an environment that I feel safe in. Right. Like, I don't want you to get near me if I fucking hate you because you're just always being an asshole. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't, I've never really enjoyed or liked the thought of like forceful or, um, I, I've just always been so big on energy and connection that like if, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm one of those guys that where I can't really pick up on a hint, right? Because I'm just like, <laughs> I, I maybe I don't know. Maybe the chick has to be like, hey, motherfucker, I like you. you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Because I'm not the one who's just going to be like, give me a kiss. You yeah. know what I mean? No, that's me. What? <laughs> but but it was after a little while. But, you know, some, some people can be a little forceful. And then I can imagine in certain relationships and stuff, too, you know, where... I mean, I've I've heard of examples of, of I mean, we're just going to go with the the hetero route right now. But the man come around and be like, you're my wife. You're supposed to fuck me mm-hmm. like I you're my wife. You're here. I'm here. Doesn't you know? matter what I do or who I am or how I treat you. You just owe me that shit. That's yeah, crazy. You, you need to give it to me. And that's like I said, that's a little bit of the borderline rape culture thing, which is kind of crazy. But going back to what she was saying, some people are into the toxic shit, too. So, you know, I pray for them. Well, if that's happening, you need to find a partner. That's okay to let that shit happen, I guess, you know, because I'm sure there's somebody out there that that's into the crazy vile shit. Right. You know, I'm just like, whatever floats your boat at the end of the day, if you thrive off of toxicity, I mean, do it without hurting somebody. How about that? You know? Yeah. Maybe role play. Maybe you're going to pretend you're toxic for the day to have some fun. And then you go back to being a normal person. That doesn't work. We just heard a situation like that earlier in the podcast. Okay. All right. Never mind. Scratch that. (laughs) All right. So anyways, anything else you want to give on the domestic thing at all? Well, I think uh, let's put up a hotline here in case you do know somebody or you personally are going through some sort of abuse. um, Please know that there is support out there. So, you know, call your local domestic violence shelter if you must. Um, We're going to put some resources down in the episode show notes as well. And, you know, like I said, you have to bring these things to light. So at the end of the day, if you or someone you know is going through a situation that looks or feels abusive, please make sure that you do not, you know, let the shame and the guilt around that stop you from getting the support that you need. Yeah. And, you know, 
any any men out there, right? That's supposed to be, you know, it's it's a tough thing to feel like a bitch, right? You know, it's one thing to to let a chick talk crazy to you. It's another thing to let a chick punch you in the fucking mouth and know you can't do anything about it. And so, just it's okay to reach out too. You know, that's all I'm gonna say about that. You know, you're a man. You know what you're comfortable with, but. You know, there's ways to go about it where, where you know, you can, you know, like I said, you can use better help as well, too. Like, you can do that without even face-to-face. Yeah. So that's, like, that's a huge thing, too, because, you know, if you don't want to have anybody see you cry or they don't, you don't, you know, you want to hide your identity, whatever, I get that, too. So um, no judgment when it comes down to your own mental health, your own physical health, and your well-being. Like, there's there's no shortcuts to that stuff, and there's no reason to kind of, hold back on that stuff either yeah you know what i mean you might as well drink two liters of coke and eat a whole pack of oreos <laughs> i'm not guilty are you that. talking about your own coping mechanisms my love well <laughs> maybe back in the day I, now I, I eat like four oreos i'm good but, and shout out to mama marga out there i did stop drinking the soda again i had a couple of sodas in puerto rico that's my biggest vice for you guys out there. We'll kind of go on a side tangent. But <laughs> She's I'm, very worried about your health. Hey, that's okay. That's fine. I respect it. But so I've always been bad off on soda. That's why I don't buy it for the house is because if I have it, if it's there, I'm just going to do it. And I think that comes from my childhood of mm. like, I didn't, I, I grew up with hippie parents, right? So there was like ground tofu instead of ground beef. And like, <laughs> it was wild. But anyway, so I would come around and get the soda and the soda was just there. So I quit drinking the soda. But when I was in Puerto Rico, I was like, and I actually did good. I waited like the first three days or so. And then I was like, no, I'm getting a fucking soda. No. But it's a work in progress. Yeah. Sweet tea is my thing, which is no better. (laughs) Okay. It's no better. But the junk food and stuff is all pretty much fucked off at this point. Okay. So we're going to switch it up for you guys. Yes. We have another Am I the Asshole? I want to talk first about the uh, meeting family and friends real quick Ooh, this is good okay yeah right, so next thing all right so we have had some uh what is it like milestones in our relationship yes. recently obviously you mentioned in the last episode we just hit our six month mark we did and so in this time frame we've been introducing each other to friends and family and so i wanted to just get your opinion on like when should you start considering introducing your new partner to your friends and family circle. So for me, I thought it was important to kind of go in order. I definitely wanted you to meet my family first versus my friends. Okay. Um, just because I kind of like, if the family is not on board, then what the fuck is the point of <laughs> meeting everybody else, right? Sure, sure. Uh, but I think especially like as a Latina, we still place a lot of emphasis on like how our parents feel about our partners. Right. Not that that's necessarily healthy, but I think there is just some certain level of like approval that we seek right. um, with who we're dating. And I know that in the past, I actually like actively didn't give a shit about what my mom thought about my exes. Uh. And she never liked any of them. So I almost took it as like, well, she's not going to like anybody. So like, I'm not even going to care about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was very like, I want them to like you because right. that's the thing I've never experienced. And so when you meet, you met them last month or my sister and my mom and my niece and they all gave their stamp of approval. I was yeah. like, oh my God, the first time in my life, they actually fuck with somebody that I am with. Right. So it was a nice feeling. And I think it, it, I, 
it helps prevent what I experienced in the past, which is this feeling of like I had to choose mm -hmm. and the separation. Yeah. So I felt very isolated in my marriage because my ex did not get along with my family. My family did not fuck with him. Power and control wheel. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like I had to pick and choose who I'm going to be with. And it sucked. Mm -hmm. So knowing that I don't have to experience that with you is like, it's a nice feeling. Oh, thank you, baby. Yeah. So I don't know if it was as much about like time for me. It was just about. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I don't know. You were ready pretty early. Yeah, I was definitely ready to introduce you because I just felt like, you know, th this person's different. Like, this is not what my family would expect right. in general. And so, yeah. I don't know if there's a specific timeline for me in my head, like when they should meet. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more about like how serious do you feel about this person? Right. Yeah. So for me, it was opposite. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know we haven't gone and actually hung out with my friends in the flesh. And honestly, I haven't in you know, almost like two months at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, both of my buddies got into relationships literally like right after the last time we went out. Um, but you've met a couple of my friends via FaceTime, mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, yeah. we're chilling. Um, but for me, I would always want the friends to kind of meet first Oh, just because like, at least, at least they can let you know if there's any red flags or anything that they see before you bring them around the family. But I've also, I guess, given the fact that I'm a guy and then I am the only boy, um, I've only brought two people around and that was two people that I had been with for a couple of years each. So that, that was just those two. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, a um, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if I feel like it's a sacred thing. I just want it to be like, if you're going to meet my mom and my family, then I just want it to, 
I want to have confidence when I look at them and I introduce you. I want them to know that, like, okay, she's going to be here for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this isn't, you know, if, God, if they... It's not the flavor of the month. No. I mean, my mom would just be like, uh, you know. <laughs> okay. Puerto Rican mom, go and tell you about yourself real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, even, like, when I was going through my little single spell and stuff, she's like, so what's her name this week? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. You know, she's just, you know. So I just wanted that. I didn't want her to think that about someone I was serious about. Mm. So I've always protected that. I always kept that. And she knows that. She's aware of that as well, too. Because I remember she was like, when are we going to meet Janice? And I'm like, it's going to, you know, in a minute. You know what I mean? It's going to be a while. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to make sure. I'm just going to, you know, take my time on this one and make sure. And she was like, okay. And then you were the same way, too. You know, you're like, I'm ready to see you. And, like, there'd be, like, little things. And I was just like, you know. Maybe for my birthday, mm-hmm. you know, maybe around my birthday, maybe something like that. That's just what felt like would be enough time for me to kind of gauge how everything would go. But that was also before we were spending a lot of time together, mm-hmm. too. So, but yeah. it worked out the way that it worked out pretty well. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, I mean, I haven't had anybody guess or, you know, question anything or mm-hmm. anything like that because they can just see that I am happy. They see that I am confident in the love that we have as well, too. So, um, and plus, like, there's no convincing going on. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not running around being like, oh, she's so great, and blah, blah, blah. You know, when people have asked me and stuff, I'll, I'll tell them certain things, but I'm not just, like, going around being like, oh, my God, we did this, mm-hmm. we did that, and, like, she's so good this way, so good that way. But, you know, I think that, I think that it's, it's an important step to meet people that you care about with the friends, I think it's a little easier than meeting the family just because, like I said, at least they can they can gauge and see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we just went out with your friends the other night, um, your Zumba crew. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mama Marga again. <laughs> but the Zumba crew, it was lit, you know, and everybody was very nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it, it was it was cool. You know, then your your friend Saida. Uh, yeah. She had a couple of, of questions, but not really. She just wanted to know, you know, how we met and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, everybody knows I what I've been through, too. So, you know, they were the crew that kind of, you know, enveloped me with their love and support when I was going through my divorce and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, they already know what I've been through. So they're looking at, like, a new person. Like, are you here to bring the fuck shit or are you here to, like, make her happy? Yeah. And so, you know, it was nice to feel like everybody could see the change in my energy versus, like, in the past, um, you know, I was just a completely different person, you know? And so the fact that like they're able to perceive that gives them a lot of confidence that like, Oh wow. You know, this is not the same bullshit. Yeah. There's, there was a a few times I was just, you know, staying really in my own lane or whatever and kind of enjoying the show. But there was several times when I looked up and people were side eyeing me and stuff, like, (laughs) you know, catching me, like trying to see what my, you know, your actions and what's stuff. What's his vibe? Yeah, and like what you're, you know, what you're doing when you don't think anybody's watching or something. You know, I'm a people watching person as well, too. So people have little nervous tics or <laughs> little things or whatever. So every time I looked around or something, there was always an eyeball. Like, uh, and plus, it didn't help that it was all, like, all women. Yeah. So there was two other guys there. And, I mean, they were cool, but I didn't really chop it up with them too much. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. it was great. I had a good time. And I mean, everybody I've met in your circle has been has been wonderful so far. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Y'all. So, you know, I think trust your gut when it comes to the timing for meeting, you know, friends and family. 
if you feel like you don't want to introduce them to somebody, I think that is a huge red flag. You probably know there's some shit that nobody's going to like about or them. Or you're embarrassed. Uh, that yeah, too. If you're embarrassed, like it's, you know, someone who maybe you think is attractive, but maybe you are worried that other people are going to be like, why are you with this? Child? Yeah. If that's the case, that's fucked up. Yeah. You shouldn't be feeling like that. Yeah. So, you know, you trust your gut and it is absolutely a red flag for me if like you don't want to introduce them to your circle because you feel like there might be something wrong with them mm-hmm. or you've already seen some things that you're just like, ooh, I don't know if this is going to come out. Right. Um, I know when I spoke to my sister, uh, we talked about this, uh, I want to say on my show, where I invited her to like talk about her situation and all that. And she said one of the big things for her was like she did not want her ex to meet us mm. because she already knew. She already knew we were going to detect the bullshit. And then obviously when I go and start doing my private investigation and find out this man got a 20-year track record of fuckery in the legal system, I was like, oh, that's why you didn't even want me to know his last name, girl. Because you already knew I was going to find out all this shit. So, uh, you know, when in doubt, throw that shit out. (laughs) There you go, folks. Okay, now, are you ready? I'm done. Okay. So now we are doing... Your, you guys' favorite segment. Absolutely. Right? Am I the asshole? It's going to go up. I'm going to read it for you guys. Actually, you know what? I read the last one. Okay. I'm going to have you read this one. Okay. And she hasn't read this one, so you That's guys a are blind reaction. see the right, pure reaction. <laughs> okay. Go. All right. So the title is, Am I the asshole for going on vacation without my husband? Let's go. My husband, 32-year-old male, and I, 29-year-old female, planned a week vacation in New Orleans. We, but mostly I, have been planning this for months. Back in March, I told him I would plan most of it, where to go and what to do. All he has to do is make sure he had the week off and buy the plane tickets. I spent the last few months researching what to do. I booked the hotel room, made reservations at places we wanted to try, and made a list of all the sites I wanted to see. Every few weeks, I would check in with my husband to see if he asked for the time off and bought the tickets yet. He said he was waiting for the plane ticket prices to go down. Three weeks ago, I reminded him again, and he said he had gotten off of work for the days but had forgotten to get the tickets. And when he looked online, the tickets were close to $1,500. Dang. He said he was going to wait some more. Uh, FYI, that never actually happened. Okay. (laughs) Last week, I asked him if he bought them yet, and he said no. We looked again, and the prices were still high. He said he wasn't willing to spend that much on them and asked how much money I would lose if I just canceled everything. He offered a nice staycation instead, and I told him I was not willing to cancel everything because I spent so much time planning it. We argued and did not come to a conclusion. I wound up buying just one ticket for myself, and when I flew out on Saturday, I told him I was still going, and he acted all surprised that I didn't stay home with him. You're going to (laughs) go? I'm in New Orleans now, and he's blowing up my phone, saying that I'm an asshole for still going without him. He was trying to get a ticket to come, too, but I told him if he came, he was getting his own hotel room, because now this is my vacation away from him. Am I the asshole? (laughs) Yeah. So... The last part had me. I was <laughs> I was in there for the whole thing, and then when I saw the last part, I was like, I mean, I, I, to get the separate the hotel room is crazy because now, like, if I'm the if I'm the husband and I and I'm like, oh well, then now I'll go, and then she's like, well, if you do end up coming and, and making in the effort, you're gonna have to go get your own hotel room because this is my vacation without you. Well, then why the fuck am I going to come? And then when you Mm. come back, I'm going to feel some type of way, right? Yeah. What was all that about? What are your thoughts? Um, You know, he was. She's like, get it, sis. Hell yeah, girl. 
He was very low effort. He was very low effort. Like just (laughs) the fact that he's just like dilly dallying about the The fucking complacency. Yeah, she's like, why are you mad when like she basically has told you for months she's like looking forward to this shit and you're just not taking it seriously for me? Maybe he didn't want to go. Well, then say that. You know, then don't get all butt hurt when she like hops on the plane and still goes without you when she literally gave you like X amount of opportunities to make this shit happen. Yeah. I just feel like he's kind of using a little bit of guilting, you know, the guilt trip shit to like excuse his lack of effort. Right. And uh, I have no sympathy for him. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, she went out there, I guess I would assume probably by herself. It all depends on where she went and stuff, too, you know, and whatever. But New Orleans is a party city. Is that where she said she went? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, we're actually going to be out there. Yes, we are going in a couple weeks. Yeah. So, that's going to be sick. But, um... If if I was in his position and I, and she was and she said that and stuff, I would just I would take that as a weekend to have the house to myself. Yo, I mean, facts. I got guy time. I get to if I want to, you know, lay around the house with my balls out. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, it's like real bachelor shit. I know she's not coming back. Doesn't mean I got to do some fucked up cheater shit. But right. I know she's not coming back. So if I want to order a pizza and watch a fucking fight, or you know, if I want to. Get hammered if I want to buy a twelve pack and just get hammered. I don't have to worry about having conversation and shit. I, she's gonna be like, "Oh my god, you're drunk again." Yeah. At least he can stumble around the house like he was in college again. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's nice to check in. So I, for me, if I was him, I'd be like, "You know what? You're right. Take the weekend. Cool yourself off. It's straight. Enjoy yourself." But I wouldn't be blowing up her phone and on some. Oh my god, she's gonna cheat on me, shit. Because yeah. people who think about people cheating are usually the ones who are doing the cheating. Got to think about it. It's reverse psychology 101. If these people are like any type of weird situations too, right? Yeah. Where you're like, I'm at the gym or something. And you're yeah. like, you're, you're, I'm at the gym and you think I'm fucking somebody at the gym. This is crazy. Like, You know, if your brain automatically goes to they're not with me, so they must be doing some nefarious shit. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you have those thoughts. You know, either the person, the way that they act, maybe they do go ghost whenever you are separated. Um, you know, maybe they're the type of person that's like always on their phone when you're with them. But all of a sudden, when you call them and shit, they're nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can see that. As a like that game. shit irks the <laughs> fuck out of me. I'm like, how you got your goddamn phone in your hand 24 fucking seven. Well, that's not me, by the way. It's not. But I definitely experienced that in the past. Um, there's <laughs> always a reason why you are suspicious. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like guilty conscious, though, on your own, on your own half. Yeah. Like, how do you move when you're by yourself? That could be a thing, too. Yeah, because I, you know, some people, I feel like when they feel guilty, it's, you know, they're going to put that energy on other people, too. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You weren't even thinking about (laughs) that. You know what I mean? We were not even thinking about that. But this guy's over here talking about some crazy shit. We're like, this guy's got something on his mind. Mm-hmm. This guy's got something weighing on his chest. Yeah. I think he's a little paranoid about what she's going to do. Maybe she has done weird, suspicious shit in the past. Yeah. Um, I know, like, if you were to ever go on a solo vacation, I know you're literally going to be sitting in the hotel room, like, watching YouTube or at the and pool. drinking a beer. Or be sitting poolside. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. And I'm the type of person. I'm like, I used to go on solo trips when I was married because I just needed to get the fuck away from my ex-husband. Now I'm not really feeling like the craving of like, oh, I got to go and get away. It's just not. It's like I don't feel that need to escape in that same way where I think I was using it as sort of as an escape escapism as in the past. 
Yes, I, I can I can kind of see that with you, even though I didn't know you before. Yeah. But it does help that we do live separate. Right? Yeah. We do have our own houses, um, you know, and it's like not even in the same part of town. Yeah. So it's different scenery, different vibes. And, you know, we do different shit at each house, you know, just because of the different parts of town and stuff. So it is nice to like to have that. I think that's what what makes it better. But also, I mean, even when we eventually move in together and stuff like that, too, I don't know if just like you're not going to really crave staycations or vacations, solo vacations as much or if ever. Um, same thing with like my alone guy time and stuff too. I feel like maybe that'll just be found in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it'll, you know, maybe I'll be working on a car or something out on the driveway. Yeah. You You do like to like just find busy work and things to do in the house, which I think is your time to play in the garden and stuff. You know, I, I, I mess with the yard a lot. I've got a bunch of live plants and stuff that I'm a little botanist over here, but I don't have to, like, get away from the person yeah. to necessarily enjoy my time unless there's, like... Conflict. No, not conflict, but, mm-hmm. like, maybe, you know, maybe there's, like, a time where I'm just, like, I just want to, like, blast my, my Bluetooth in my house yeah. and just, like, you know, drink some beers and just, like, fuck off for a few hours mm-hmm. or fuck off for the day, you know, grill some burgers by myself, you know, just me and Riley chilling in the house. Yeah. The little bachelor thing, but... You know, certain things you gotta you gotta let go of, right? And then also, I mean, going back to this thing right here, you're gonna have business conferences and you're gonna have things that come up throughout our relationship that's gonna grant me those one night, three night, you know, week long things mm-hmm. where I when I do get to like, all right, she's gonna be out of town, like maybe I'll fucking, you know, let loose a little bit. <laughs> Not that I can't let loose now, right. but I'm just coming up with uh, you know, yeah. si- situations where you know, it is healthy to have your own hobbies and stuff. And your hobbies do not have to include each other all the time. Right. You know, I do like the idea, too. I've seen more of this conversation coming up where folks, like, are choosing to be long-term partners but not live together. Mm. You know, or maybe, like, you buy a duplex and, like, one person lives on one side and one person lives on the other. And then you go visit each other's houses and you go and date. Rich people do this shit too. You're like, I've, you know, yeah, you stay I've on heard the West they Main. have the, yeah, or they have a whole <laughs> ass house, right? And there's like a tunnel that like connects the houses or whatever. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that idea. So who knows? We'll I mean, see. That's, yeah, it is. It's a thing, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never really been in a situation. <laughs> it's always been apartments and yeah. houses for me. So I don't really know. But, um, you know, I've always been like pretty much any other guy, you know, if I have like a little space for, you know, my tools. The man and, cave. Yeah, you know, and I got my, my fish tank and shit, too. Like, I got my little hobbies or whatever. Um, I do need to... I've been looking on offer up like crazy. I, I do... I, I am planning on getting into the, the car flipping thing again. Because mm. it's so much fun. You know, mm-hmm. I like lifting trucks, lowering trucks. And not like... I'm not going to, like, buy a Volvo and detail it and then put it back on <laughs> on Craigslist to make 500 bucks. I'm going to get something that... And then, you it's know, a project. do like a little custom thing to it, lower it, you know, stuff like that. So that's all fun because you get out there and, you know, even if it's boats and stuff, you yep. know, and you're, like you're, you're buying these things, you're fixing them up, you're flipping them and you get to use them while you have them, too. I love that. That's fun. And I think that's a good reminder that, like, you can be in a healthy relationship, but also need your alone time, need your space, have your hobbies. And it's not necessarily like oh i just need shit to get away from them yeah it's like you know we just have individual 
things that we like to do. And then yeah, it, you it's could, fun. You could do things without being away, mm-hmm. right? I could be in the garage working on a jet ski. Yeah, while I'm in the house baking some bread. <laughs> you know, it's a thing. Yes. You know, just go, go away for an hour or two. I love that. And I love you. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you guys. So don't forget, check out BetterHelp. I'm going to put the domestic hotline. I probably already put it in the video, but I'll put it again. And then we'll put it down in the description of all the videos for this month. And then um, look forward to, uh, I think I have the last the last two days of, of the Puerto Rico vlogs. I have that video that I have to do. That one should be up within, you know, probably within the next couple of days. Um, but I did put up the, the last couple of videos on the YouTube channel. So if you guys are interested in the vlogs of our Puerto Rico trip, I put the photos from our photo shoot up in El, uh, El Junque by the waterfall. Go check that stuff out. Super fun. You get to hang out with us, kind of pal around with us, um, daily vlog style. And then uh, is there anything else, baby, you want to say? Or? Yeah. So uh, just a reminder to follow us on social and to leave us a review if you listen to this podcast on Apple. Uh, that is the best way to help us continue to grow. Make sure that you're sharing us with your friends and family. Yes. I want to read a quick comment that we got on our Instagram. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Corazon Chronicles Pod. So I put up a reel about um, how soon is too soon to move in. And Elbita333 said, each relationship is different. I was friends with mine for two years before we became more than friends. Mm. We moved in after one year of being together. That was 15 years ago. We've been married for six years now. I would still say every relationship is absolutely different. And then we had the price of avocado toast comment. (laughs) We moved in three months after meeting and everything went very fast from then on, but it's always felt right for us. And they have beautiful children together, um, an awesome podcast. So, you know, it is what it is. I love that for them. Yeah. So thanks again, y'all, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week. In the meantime, go follow, subscribe, share, do all the things. Get that. Peace, guys. Bye. See you next week.